Today is our last show of 2022, our 12th season. We'll be back in uh, late January of season 12, 13, excuse me. But tonight we welcome author Dane Reed. He joins us to discuss his book, Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. Find out why he decided to have a childless life. And uh, we have a really great conversation with them. They'll kind of be a good conversation starter for people with children and people who decide not to have kids. Then a hot topic breaking down everything everyone's talking about. Today was day one in the Tory Lens uh, versus Megan Thee Stallion uh, assault case. Got kind of messy today, finding what people are having to say. Then Diddy surprised people over the weekend when he announced his new the birth of his daughter. Uh, love Sean Combs. Find out what people are saying about that. Then Dr. Umar Johnson, he explains why polygamy... Uh, <laughs> explains his views on polygamy and why he thinks monogamy is isn't natural for alpha males. And then two universities have done a study that say that couples who have joint bank accounts have more fulfilling relationships. We're talking about it all. I want to remind you all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course our official website, thestevenightshow.com. If you'd rather watch us, go watch our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. Please subscribe. When we come back, Question of the day and hot topics right back after this. It's that time again, family and friends. Christmas time is here, my favorite time of the year. After all around, people gather round to see each other smile. Because it's Christmas time again. This is the season love will bring 
wishing Merry Christmas to you So I'll sing joy to the world I don't want a lot for Christmas. I hear you, Mom. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. My dreams come true, yes you do Cause all I want, all I want for Christmas is you
Hey, this is Eric Roberson, and you are checking out The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We have a full-packed show. Uh, Tonight, we welcome author Dane Reed. He has a book called Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. He talks about why he decided to have a child-free life. Uh, Interesting conversation, but tune in for that. Uh, Of course, we have our hot topic sports and everything else, the movie reviews. Uh, Chica has some great things he's reviewing tonight. So glad to be back. Remind you all over social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, of course, our official website, the Stephen If you'd rather watch us, go to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and comment. We appreciate you. Want to shout out Kenya. Happy Independence Day to our people in Kenya. And also our Christmas kindness giveaway. We do this every year. We've been doing it since 2011. But we donate money. And we've done different causes throughout the years, but the last maybe five years or so, we focused on the homeless community here in Atlanta. So if you want to donate uh, money, you can go do it at our Cash App, which is Money Sign, The Stephen I Show. You can do it at our PayPal, the Stephen I Show at gmail.com. But there's information on our website at the Stephen I Show.com if you want to participate. What we do is on MLK Day, we actually take everything that we've collected, make care package, and we distribute on that day. So we appreciate you for your support over the years. All right, we got the gang here. This is our last show of season 12. Can you believe we made it? Lene, how are you feeling? <laughs> I, was going to try. I, I sound like Barry White right now, though. Sorry. <laughs> that sound like, sound like, Brit, like Brittany Griner. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> She came, she came early. <laughs> well, all right. Well, listen, our question of the day is, do you prefer a real or artificial Christmas tree? I'll ask you, Barry. I mean, Linnea. <laughs> I prefer artificial because mm-hmm. uh, I ain't trying to clean up after the real tree. Right. So right. give me artificial all day long and and half the time, I don't even want to put up the artificial because I'm too lazy. <laughs> what about you, Chica? I believe in ceramic, although I don't do trees at all. We need the oxygen. Save the trees. Keep the oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you all do? Now you know I don't got no trees. I don't I think no Christmas trees. <laughs> well, when I thought about the question, I said, "Show me answer." I hear this. But but if but but if we were to do it, it would be the, the natural. The natural. It would be the real trees. Yeah. 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 You know, I prefer the artificial just because when we were coming up, we would get the real tree. And I remember one year it didn't even make it to Christmas. All the pines were on the ground, and so. And so uh, I prefer the the uh, artificial. I've had the same one since 2017. I think I'm going to invest in my new one next wow. year. It still looks good, though. The only, thing, the only thing I like about with real trees is the scent that it brings to the home. Yeah. That's the only good yeah. thing for me. Yeah. And then when once, you know, once Christmas is over, you have to find something to do with the tree. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. well, you can just, I saw, someone said today on TV, three parts, put them together and they're already pre-lit. Put the balls on there. <laughs> well, tweet us at home and let us know what do you prefer, artificial Christmas uh, or real Christmas tree. All right, so it was kind of a slow day in news. So we'll talk about the Tory Lanez uh, case. Um, so the 30-year-old uh, Canadian rapper, whose real name is Daystar Peterson, has been seen 
looking kind of dapper as he exited a white Range Rover SUV while wearing a suit with a cream-colored turtleneck un underneath. He was uh, flanked by several burly security guards who appeared to be on to be on his son. I don't know what that means. Uh, or could be holding a young boy. Oh, he was holding a young boy's hand by uh, uh, going into the building. Um, he appeared to be in good spirits, even dapper. Dap the photographer uh, who made him walk into the courthouse. He was spotted outside of LA um, as opening statements began in the Megan Thee Stallion assault trial. Now, Lance was there for opening statements, and he stands accused of shooting fellow rapper Megan Thee Stallion uh, in the foot. Uh, foot back in July 2020. Megan is expected to testify at Lane's trial uh, and was reported to be at the courthouse. She'll be there tomorrow. But um, anyway, so what they're saying, the prosecutors are saying that, you know, uh, they got into an argument. Um, it was Tori, Megan, and another young lady in the car. They got, got in an argument. Um, they got out the car. He told her to dance, bitch, and shot her foot but the defense has a whole nother story they're saying that they were all at college Jenner's um party uh megan didn't like seeing tori and kylie uh kylie in the pool together but she started acting up and so kylie said y'all need to go they get in the car and then apparently kylie I mean, uh, Megan and the other young lady, let me get her name. Uh, there's so much to this story. The other young lady, I'll find her name. She, they got into an argument. Um, and so uh, uh, Tori was asking Megan, why is she mad or why is she defending the other girl? Something because they've all, pretty much all slept the same people. He, they started name dropping the baby and some other um, high profile names. And so there's more to the story. And they were saying that although these aren't necessary facts, the other woman's name is Kelsey. There is um there, these aren't facts, this is what they presented in the opening trial. So it's a lot of mess. And you know, I I see a lot of people in, on social media. A lot of people believe Tori. They said Megan has um changed her story several times. Um, but there are a lot of you know women that are saying. Black women are never believed uh, when these cases happen. So I'll start with you, Chike. Why? I know I did, I, I, know I did a horrible job explaining this, but <laughs> I didn't want to read this whole long thing because it's been a lot. Um, what do you think about this case? Why are we still being subjected to it? So I'm going to take a quote from Tony Braxton. She said this to Tamar one time when her and Vince were being rowdy and acting up new money. These are a bunch of young people with a whole bunch of influx of dividends, and they just don't know how to act and how to be. Mm -hmm. They were in a space where, and I want you to picture it, because they were at Kylie Jenner's party, right? Mm -hmm. They were in a space where the people that owned that space was used to having money. Right. Can we go back to... Um, Remember when the Lindsay Lohans and the Paris Hiltons and the Britney Spears and uh, what was the other, um, uh, Lionel Richie's daughter, Nicole Richie, Nicole all Richie. of them were hanging around each other and you started to see the ones that weren't really from that set start to fall off because they couldn't hang. 
because they didn't really have the long money that way. They were new to money. And then how they broke up. And the Kardashians was a part of that too. And then they broke off and went their own way. It's kind of like that with these black celebrities and coming into this money, they want to hang and they want to be a part of that in crowd. But you start to see them starting to slough off because they don't know how to behave with their new money. With the facts of whatever happened and what didn't happen, is it really going to matter at the end of the day? Because the behavior is going to continue. No one's going to grow up. No one's going to stop. Mm. So does it matter? And to be honest, why are we talking about this? <laughs> right, Just saying. Exactly. It wasn't much to pick from. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? Uh, they say that people never believe uh, Black women. What are your thoughts? Do you agree with that? Forgive my delayed response. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on NyQuil right now. Oh, yeah. Um, um, listen, based off of the doctor's report, she was shot. By mm-hmm. who? You know, guess we're going to find out during this trial. Um, and as Shike said, you know, you put yourself in a position. I feel like a little bit if Megan's mom was still here, then maybe she wouldn't be in certain positions. Um, She really started wilding out and drinking a lot after her mom died. And she said that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sure. You know, sometimes, you know, you you get this money and you're young and you just absolutely lose your mind, especially if you don't have any guidance. And it's a shame because... She's doing on the other spectrum. She was what Forbes, Forbes under thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's graduated. She has a degree, but it's like that don't match with the persona that you have of Megan the Stallion. Yeah, um, like two completely different people, and you're fighting. Like she's really fighting. Um, to figure out who's going to survive. Is it going to be Megan the Stallion, the artist, or what I don't know what her real name is. Her real name Tina or something like that. Yeah, Whatever you. her real name is, she's fighting between those two people in a world that will eat you up and spit you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? It's ugly, you know. Um, Again, one, TK's right, you know, I, I hate that we have to talk about things like this, but we're here. So I know in this legal case, you know, there's, there's different types of lawyers. There's, there's, you know, legal, you know, document lawyers, and then there's trial lawyers. It's going to come down to which one of those trial lawyers has the best experience and the best track record. The, the, the judge is going to be look at, looking at who did what that's illegal. They're going to be trying to, but trying to uncover that the judge but the lawyers are going to be presenting a little bit of everything so it's really going to be for the lawyers making both sides look bad that one side gonna be trying to make the other side look bad the other side so it's gonna be hard for the public to choose a side based on that but it's gonna be very easy for the for the judge to decide what was committed as an illegal act and if someone got shot in the foot out of negligence, even if they were shooting at the ground, that's an illegal act if they were not rightfully shooting at the ground. So chances are, if that was done by Tori or, or the girl, 
one of them are going to be found guilty of a crime. Now it's going to be ugly because don't nobody want to look bad. Uh, according to the lawyers, the lawyers got to make their clients look good, but it's going to get ugly because they're going to be throwing out all types of things. And that's why it's looking, looking the way it's looking now, a love triangle slash, you know, you know this, is a, this is a soap opera slash, I don't know, you know, so. Yeah. It's crazy, it's I have, ugly. I have, a, I have a question for you, Nair. So yeah. basically from what I'm hearing that you're saying, it's going to get uglier and dirtier before it gets better. And I, 100%. from what you just, from what you just said, I'm thinking also too, either both of them or one of them probably should have uh, legal rights to own and have a gun because it's going to go down. Correct. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Speak or something, which is weird. You're just starting the case and you're, you're talking about it, wasn't it? It was Tory Lane, attorney made a comment or something or yeah, was that an off attorney i'm not sure yeah it was attorney the one that was uh saying who megan had been sleeping with and then her and this other young lady it's like you're laying out your defense in public like well, what's the thing you're laying out your defense for the public because yeah. the public is already assuming like based off what i've seen people don't believe her and that you mm. know we we know that that's a running theme with not believing black women and right. that in the Whole thing was about some some penis and all that other nonsense. We don't know, but I, you know, I found it weird that right before the start of this, that that attorney would do that. But then again, that's him setting up the court of public mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Of we'll see what goes on in this case. But next story. So over the weekend, Diddy shocked many. Why well, revealed that he recently welcomed a new bundle of joy named Love Sean John. I'm John Sean Combs, excuse me. Uh, leaving many people to wonder who the mother of the baby girl was. But according to the birth certificate obtained by TMZ, they never fail. Diddy's baby girl was born October 15th in Newport Beach, California. And her mother is listed as Dina Tra Dana Tran, who's 28, and she works as a cybersecurity industry. Now, details about the extent of the Diddy and Dana's relationship is not known at the moment. But it's interesting because a lot of people assume that he was dating young Miami from City Girls. And so I've seen people kind of trolling her, uh, saying, I know you're jealous. I know you're mad. You're the side piece. And she was like, what are you talking about? You know, she's she's having, you know, the Internet, when they once they find a target, they'll attack. And they've been going in on her um, on young Miami. Um, saying that she's going through depression and all. She's like, what are you all talking about? She said, half of y'all Diddy would never look at. You know, we're good over here. Uh, were you shocked? I'll start with you now here. Were you shocked when you found out Diddy had this baby? Uh, yeah, it was a little shocking, to be honest, to see that in the headlines. That's the last thing I would have expected from, from Sean. Sean, Sean Combs, you know. Uh, I'm used to hearing something about business or something about music or something, something else like that from him. Uh, so yeah, it was because he's got a, all old kids now, pretty much, right? He's gonna be a the big gap between his current kids and his well, his former kids in this one. Uh, yeah, it was. It was shocking, it was shocking. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know much about his situation with Young Miami though, so I don't know much about that part. But it was shocking just that fact alone that he has a new child. Yeah, and Lania, why do you think they're going after Young Miami? What does she have to do with this baby? So I think part of the thing with um, 
Carisha is that, you know, they've been publicly so public about, you know, their, their dating, you know, they're not in a, in a monogamous committed relationship. Right. He's, he's spending on her, he's lavishing her and she's doing the same thing for him and, 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 and some other things, obviously. Um, and I think what happens is people don't know how to count. It, you carry a baby for nine months to turn. And really, you didn't hear about Diddy and Carisha until like really over the summer, like, you know, when things started popping. So this whole situation with this new baby was like kind of maybe like overlapping in between maybe when they started and it wasn't really where it is now. Um, this chick was already pregnant. From my understanding, the chick is married. She's not even divorced yet. Um, that's why they try to keep it under wraps. She's going through a divorce, allegedly. This is why her husband left her. But I guess my thing is, y'all really out here raw dogging on a consistent faces <laughs> and just smashing raw dogging every day y'all just raw dogging and throwing off people's ph balances and y'all letting these dudes skeet all up in y'all for a check because ain't no way and if she making bank I hope her husband gets some kind of alimony, spouse support. Don't know don't know what her background is, so they ain't dig that far. But need I mention, just recently, they they caught, not caught, but Diddy was out with another 20-something-year-old young thing having dinner. So it ain't like, you know, he's doing, somebody said it right, he's doing what billionaires do. He going through his little thing when he in his fifties now, and you tapping into all these young these young carcasses to make you feel better and boost your ego. And one thing's for certain, and two things for sure: none of them bras is Kim Porter, so they should never expect him to do anything remotely close and really like. I he knew he messed up with her. Yeah. He knew that he can't get that back. Never gonna marry none of y'all. So y'all can swallow his kids, y'all can have his kids, you can do whatever you want to do. You ain't gonna be Kim Porter. Yeah. Uh Chike, what's your take on this? What's so, this? What I'm about to say does not reflect the views of the Stephen Knight show. This is purely my opinion. Uh -oh. And um, <laughs> please don't at me. Um, so Let's play history. Let's go back in time and let's look at the trajectory of Diddy and, and, and what he's done as far as his romantic life. Kim Porter has been the alternate girlfriend, you know, like tied with alternate bleach. It's there if you need it, but it's not if you don't. And remember, J-Lo was introduced into the mix. J-Lo was what Diddy really wants. He wants a woman that can handle her own and she's up in the spotlight and she is her own entity within herself. That's what he really wants. That's why Young Miami was a part of his life. 
because she's her own entity. People look up to her. She's a celebrity of sorts. And he wants that, but he can never achieve that because they tend to outgrow him. Like Misa Hilton, remember, she was a fashion stylist. That was his girl. That's his first woman. She rose up and she became this entity in hip hop culture that grew past him. Mm-hmm. Now you have this woman, what was, what was her name? The, the baby mom? Uh, Dana, Dana, don't forget, uh, don't, don't forget Cassie. Well, I was gonna say Cassie, y'all talking about Cassie. Cassie. About Cassie. That, that was someone that he was building and trying to morph into what he wanted, but she just didn't quite make it there. Um, and I don't even really count her because I think she was a placeholder. That's just my opinion. I think that, uh, would say what? They were together a long time, but I see what you mean. Together? Together, though? though, We're going to use the word together? Okay, (laughs) together. They were together. Um, But you can strategically look at the situation. There are women that had his kids, and there are women that didn't have his kids, right? This was on mom until now. I think that he jumped ahead of the game and told the story before the story got told. Because mm-hmm. he's really happy about it. 50 years old, you get a young girl pregnant and you're really happy after all your kids are grown. You're really happy about it. I'm just saying. I think you are you have to be happy about it. Because you're kind of caught out there. Mm-hmm. And you, you have this relationship with this public person. And how does that look in public? What, the, what is the public going to think about this new baby coming and you've gone on record saying that you're with Young Miami? You got to mm-hmm. work that out somehow. What choice does he have to be but happy about? It? Yeah. I think it's messy. I think it's irresponsible. And, 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 and I know that there's a life involved and it's a new child coming into the world. God bless the child. God bless the, uh, the pregnancy and the birth of the child. But it's just a messy situation. I think a lot of these uh, celebrities and people with so-called influence and that are in the spotlight dabble in mess. And I'm sorry that the baby has to come into the world with all this swirl around. Yeah. yeah. My opinion. Yeah. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Find out what Dr. Umar Johnson says about plugging me. And find out what a, a, a Cornell University uh, said about couples who share joint bank accounts. Right back after this. <laughs> Treat me like 
across the sun Everything that we know is left behind In that moment of time It's a Everybody, it's me, Will Downing. Yeah, listen, I got some new music out. We're going to talk about it on the Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Don't forget, we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, our official website, the Stephen Knight Show.com. Uh, if you'd rather watch us, go to our YouTube channel. All right, so Dr. Umar Johnson explains his thoughts on polygamy during an uh, episode of Hell of the Week with Shalom Ranger God. He explains why his belief, he belie- explains that his beliefs that monogamy isn't natural to alpha males. He even compares to animals um, who, uh, alpha males, they don't always have the same woman. He said he's never been married, but he will have two queens. Um, Linnea, I saw you comment on this on uh, our Instagram. <laughs> what are your thoughts on his, his statements? for this man to shut up like he is just all and not nothing absolutely nothing it's interesting you talk about uplifting black people but you sat on the breakfast club and you tried to tear down Deion Sanders for the decision that he made Mm -hmm. which is completely ludicrous Mm -hmm completely ludicrous. Ain't you the same person that's supposed to be building the school millions of years ago that ain't never happening? The same person? The same person that's always talking about, you know, you know, Black people, dot, 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 dot. But then you go around and you will completely try to annihilate somebody's character. You know what I mean? And just, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You ain't no alpha male. See, men like that, they got little pieces. But, you know, we're not going to go there because you all bark and no bite. That's really what it is. And 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 please refer back to the disclaimer that Chike said previously that I can't remember right now in regards to the comments that I'm making right now. Uh, they're all mine and they're not reflective of the Stephen Knight show, but that's all that I'm saying. He gets on my damn nerves i just told my boyfriend and we just had this conversation and you talking about this man right now and i'm over it and i'm <laughs> well it's interesting when they were talking about because Charlemagne, the guy asked him he said you know it's been rumored you have more than one wife i don't know if that's true um and that's what he said i've never been married but i will have two queens and when he made the comments that um alpha men are not 
Uh, it's unnatural for them to be monogamous. All the men said, uh, you lost me on that. <laughs> I don't know if they're married. <laughs> they said they're not being if any parts. Let me ask you now, you're, you're the uh, married uh, man in the, in the group. What are your thoughts on his comments? Well, I, I thought he was married. I thought I witnessed a ceremony where he married two women at one time. I thought I witnessed this on YouTube, a full ceremony. Uh, you know, yes. Yeah, I guess so, because I, I, I thought I witnessed he married two women. Like, one talking about? I don't know if that was. I don't know if that was real or not. I thought that was I, real. I thought, yeah. I well. well, he said that he wasn't married though. Like he said, yeah. it was, like he's not married. You did a whole situation these two with these two black women. Yeah, I thought. They are some form of docile, submissive women who don't have no opinion. So they were okay. They're okay with it because I'm telling you, his mouth, I would have punched him in the face. <laughs> Go ahead, Diane. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I find a lot of good in Umar. I like Umar. I like a lot of the a lot of things that he, a lot of his views. I don't like everything, but. Um, I do find that he has a lot of good ideas and they're not, usually they're not his, they're from, you know, a group of other leaders. Um, but I do, I do like, I like him. I think he's, he's interesting. Uh, his, as far as his statement about alpha males being what? Alpha males what? It's unnatural for them to be monogamous. I, I, I don't know about that statement. Um, I'm not sure where I stand on that, but uh, I, you know, I, I guess you would have to ask someone who considers himself an alpha male if that's a, a natural thing. For me, I think, I don't know if I'm an alpha male or not. I've been told I am. Do I believe it's unnatural to be monogamous? I don't believe it's unnatural, but I do think that men, some men can be in, you know, number of relationships, not all under the same roof, but I definitely think uh, some men can handle that. Some men, not all men, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a friend used to say that um, a person's only as uh, faith faithful as their choices or their options. A only person's as faithful as their options. And so he was saying that typically uh, men who have means that are like, you know, have money, they um, typically aren't aren't, uh, in his opinion, um, faithful. But um, yeah. let me ask you, Chike, what are your thoughts? So I believe to each his own or her own. And if that's how you want to get down, if that's the kind of life that you want to live, then so be it. That's for you. I don't think it's for everyone. And I've, I've had debates about this whole alpha male thing. <laughs> and, and I think people have it twisted. I think an alpha male is anyone that has a family and who takes care of their family and they do not shuck the responsibilities that come along with having a family and one wife. If it is in your purview to have multiple wives, then you are doing that same function as a man that takes care of one wife and children. You do that for your multiple wives and your children. Being an alpha male is taking care of your business, business and doing it with authority and responsibility. It has nothing to do with how you're catting around and how many times you can use your penis and how many times you, it's almost like you, you, you're equating an alpha male to being sort of like a kind of pimp. That's mm -hmm. not what an alpha male is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. 
All right, well, last story says, according to a study conducted by Cornell University and University of Colorado, couples who have joint bank accounts experience greater relationship satisfaction and are less likely to break up compared to those who keep their money separate. The study found that joining bank accounts can benefit all couples, especially uh, those with scarce financial resources. They said, we've studied thousands of couples and looked both into their transaction transaction data, as well as surveys over many years studying their relationship satisfaction. And what we found is that couples who have joint accounts, they stay together longer. Uh, this is Joe Gladstone, Assistant Professor of Marketing at University of Colorado. Um, so, now you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're married one. Um, I'm not going to ask your personal business, but do you, do you see any validity to this study? 100%. We have a joint account, and then we each have our own separate, several accounts. Yeah. Um, I, I I can believe that without even re reading up on the, the survey and the data, the surveys and the data. I definitely can do that. I think it makes a lot of things easier and smoother. Um, you know, the house needs to be managed, no matter how you guys set up your personal private situations, the house needs to be managed collectively uh, or individually, but through a collective manner, through a group effort one place where everybody can see what's what and what we need to have and take care of and can use for certain things where we go out for a friend or family dinner and we don't want to have to think about what individual is going to have to take care of that or is going to take care of that the user right. you know but yes yeah, so I, I think it's very beneficial i really do i really do i was wondering is do they stay together because it's harder to uh separate the finances you know with the joint account but but uh, i don't know i don't know Finances, finances is one of those hard, tough conversations yeah. to have between, I find, between couples, couples in general, um, especially, especially what I find with Black American couples, because most of us come from a shoddy, shoddy past in finances. Yeah. None of us were taught, none of my friends, anything about money. You know, on a, on a real level, when it comes right. to building, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Chicky, what are your thoughts on this study? Uh, hell yeah! You know the saying: "It's cheaper to keep her." It was vice versa: cheaper to keep her, cheaper to keep him. Mm. And also, too, if if you have someone that's able to help you build and and bring equity to your situation it gives us so much more value, right? You can do so yeah. much more together than you can do separately, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're building something and it's successful, why would you really wanna leave? Or if you do wanna leave, it puts it puts barriers around the situation to make you think about it maybe two, three, four, five times before mm -hmm. you decide, yeah, I don't wanna be in this. Because if you decide that you don't want to, you really wanna break free, you're basically starting from scratch compared to what you have right. together. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. But what 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 happens in a situation, Ashulania? I mean, I'm not saying you've been through this, but just me hypothetically uh, speaking, if your your partner is someone who is not good with finances, do you feel comfortable having a joint account with that person? And this is where conversations come in. Like mm -hmm. Nario said, you yeah. have to be able to have those tough conversations. Um, my boyfriend and I, we have those conversations all the time because yeah. at some point, you know, we're going to, you know, we want to get a house. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that's a different dynamic and yeah. it's 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 our it's us jointly and then yes you're supposed to have you know your 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 separate a separate account you know that you two you have your account he has his and then you have your joint your joint account together you want to you have to have those conversations and you have to be uncomfortable in those conversations in order to move forward because we can't move forward collectively if we're afraid to have those conversations about yeah. finance and keep it all the way, keep it all the way 100. You know, like Naya said, we didn't learn about money and finances. A lot of us, a lot of us now um, are learning what our parents didn't know and they didn't teach us what we didn't get taught in school. And we're now learning this, but we're learning it and having to get out of debt versus us not even starting out with debt, unfortunately. So coming from that place, and my boyfriend and I talk about credit all the time and where we are. And, and one of the things for us personally is, is, is what we're going to do is we're going to sit down all of our bills, mm -hmm. his bills, my bills, and we're going to look at everything collectively. Yeah. And we're going to those together because it'll be easier to work on it together than us trying to do it separately and it'll take longer versus us doing it together helping each other and doing and that'll take so it'll it'll cut off that time right you know what i mean us to try to reach certain goals and it's important like even now we have a vacation account you know what i mean like we say our ones throughout the year throwing he mm. we come at the end of the year we put all those ones that we saved throughout the year in the vacation account. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about a house. We need to figure out how much we need to have, yeah. you know what I mean, whatever. And then how much is going to need to go in an account. My boyfriend is good with budgeting. Like he can make out a budget. And, and what they say, I'm good at things that he may not be good at. He's good at things I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. But I'm the queen of paying shit on time. Right. <laughs> so that's where we that's yeah. where we fail. You work out that budget and I'm gonna do my little Kim and make sure everything gets paid. <laughs> how they supposed to get paid, you know what I mean? Like and that's that's how that's how things are supposed to be. So you just have to be mindful. And if you have a partner and you know that they still flaky, you're gonna have to set some limits and some boundaries. Mm -hmm. You get a you get a limit on your debit card. <laughs> a week, a month, <clears throat> you go over that, you gonna have to make that up. Yeah. But you gotta hold that person accountable. That's true. It's a partnership. I just want, I just want to add one thing. It's a few things I can talk about all day. Like this is it's like people, business and money, health, spirituality. Like this is right up my alley, right? Talking about money and just want to throw that little point in there. Just to reiterate, a lot of us didn't learn right about money or any any debt anything how to use money to your benefit or otherwise most black americans that i know have are the children of youtube and these influencers on social media who have brought that conversation to us right because all this information has been out there in books but we weren't reading the books we weren't taking the, the classes on the side yeah. there is is a lot of good in social media in that regard because a lot of us learned from other black american you know investors analysts credit repair you know gurus for so to speak whoever these people are 
a lot of good information is there a lot of bad information there's a lot of good information in there too that has raised a lot of us over the you know last five to seven years in some cases in some mm -hmm. cases more um yeah so yeah you know, something i can go on all, all day about but yeah i think it's beneficial to have a meeting with them. <laughs> Right. I'll leave it there. Listen, thank you all so much for hot topics, Linnea. And uh, you got something to say, Linnea? I just, I just want to give a shout out to my son. My mm -hmm. son will be thirty next Tuesday. Wow, wow! Happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to happy my, birthday. my son, John. Happy, happy birthday. Uh, you get old. You get old. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. 30s are great 30s are great so happy birthday to them again thank you all for hot topics have a wonderful wonderful holiday season happy new year i can't wait to see y'all in 2023 kick off season 13 and chica i will see you in movie reviews and we will be right back after this she say it's real she say it's real she says it's real, she says it's real, real. Fake booties need love too. Come here, let me touch it. Let me see if it's true. Fake booties need love too. Fake booties need love too. It's magic in the city, and I'm just trying to cop a fill. Minus 12, you got sex appeal, and I pay to play. It ain't tricking, you know I got it The way you bop it, make me drop it Like 10 bands, damn I'm spinning on you, spinning on you Designer, no stores You got access yours You shaking on guard I'm standing up, watching you Throw it back, I need more of that silk shake Hold up, wait, it's a bop, it's a bop It's a bop, 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 bop From the hood to Hollywood We gon' bop, 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 bop Get your bag, baby Get your bag, baby Get your bag, get your bag, get your bag, baby. It's a bop, it's a bop, it's a bop, 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 bop. From the hood to Hollywood, we gon' bop, 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 bop. Get your bag, baby. Get your bag, baby. Get your bag, get your bag, get your bag, baby. You got all my attention, and I'm where you miss We gon' leave before tonight. Want you to say, I got all the love for you. Tonight, I want you to say, I 
and working for me. Stephen Knight show our next guest recently released his book forget having kids I'm having fun which is a book about making choices 
choices about living life and about giving life. Please help me welcome the author, Dane Reed. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Absolutely, big... absolutely. And so you sent me over uh, the audiobook version, I, and I was able to listen to a lot of it. And it is, I mean, I really didn't know what to expect, but it is really good. You, you, I know you're a voiceover. You do voiceover yeah. work uh, as voiceover. a profession. And so yeah. it definitely played into you telling this story, to <laughs> you reading the, reading the book. I'm so, glad that you enjoyed it. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Absolutely. So tell, tell um, before we get into the book, tell everyone about you. So I'm a professional voice actor. I've been doing voiceover for 18 years. And as a voice actor, you're a natural born storyteller, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we do. We take generally take other people's stories and narrate them, whether it's in a commercial, whether it's in an audio book, whether it's in a corporate narration, we tell stories. And that's yeah. what I've specialized in doing for 18 years, actually all of my life. And because I've always enjoyed writing. And so I took those two things, that ability to tell stories, and I wrote it down. I told a little bit about my life, a little bit about my friends' lives, and mm -hmm. I put it all together in this story, Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so what was inspiration? Because it's a kind of controversial subject, uh, just because yeah. of the way society is. When, yeah. What was inspiration for you deciding to write this book? You know, one day somebody asked me, so why don't you have kids? Yeah. And I was just like, I was just like, I had a bunch of answers in my head, mm -hmm. but I didn't know which answer was right for that person. Yeah. Right? What you don't want is to get into a whole argument with someone about choices right. that you make for yourself. Exactly. But a lot of times people really will get upset or animated about things that you do for yourself, right? Oh, what? You don't have an iPhone? You know, yeah. you don't have the right color bubbles? You know, people get really upset about things that don't actually affect, affect them. Right. And so I, I thought about it. And then during the pandemic, you know, a lot of ideas came out during the pandemic. Absolutely. During the pandemic, I started thinking about parents. And I have a lot of friends who are parents yeah. and the struggles that they were going through, dealing with educating their kids while they're still trying to work, navigating this life, working from home for the first time. And it was difficult for a lot of people. But for me, I was chilling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They would, and they would say to me, Dane, you're lucky that you didn't have kids. And I would say to them, yeah, you're right. I am. <laughs> yeah. Know? And um, because it's, it's a difficult job being a parent. You and know, yeah. that's one of the things that people don't tell you. People tell you about all the rewards, mm -hmm. but they don't tell you about what you have to sacrifice or they say that it's worth it. And for some people, it really is worth it. I believe people when they tell me that the best thing that they ever did was be a parent. Right. But I also believe people when they say the best thing that they never did was to be a parent. And you have to understand because we're all so different, mm -hmm. you just have to respect everybody's choices and, and understand. So this was this is bridging the gap between parents, child-free people, and society, and understanding everybody's perspective of it. Yeah, it's interesting because when I was uh, listening to the book, 
I love how you how you use the word the words child free, like a child free life. You know, I don't yeah. you don't think about that. Uh, you just think about people that don't have kids. But it says um, forget having kids pushes the boundaries and examination of such topics such as parental rights, corporal punishment, expectations versus reality of being a parent and the high cost of raising kids. Because, yeah. you know, I was watching uh, the news this morning. They were talking about how much it over a child, you know, from having the child until they're 17, you spend on average over $300,000. Including inflation. That's the price of a home in the United States. Exactly. Exactly. And you get, so why you, you get, you get 30 right. years to pay for the home. You only get 18 with the kids. You know? exactly, exactly. Exactly. But I like, we talk about the expectation versus reality. And like you said, you don't have kids, but you have a lot of friends that do have kids. And, and knowing the book, you talk about being able to travel to this, you know, lavish trips and, uh, yeah. you know, these great vacations. And then yeah. your friends are living vicariously through you. And then yeah. their conversations about their children's soccer games or football yeah. games. Uh, talk yeah. about your your definition of reality versus um, ex- the expectation versus reality. So, um, so I'm a traveler. I I love traveling. You know, I I've gotten on a plane and gone someplace, gone to New York for two hours and came right back. Yeah. I mean, I've done a whole bunch of wild stuff, you know, met some strange guys on a trip and yeah. then I flew all the way around the world to go hang out with them um, yeah. on the other side of the globe. I've done a lot of crazy things. And it's because I don't have those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but People don't tell you that you're going to have to give up that ability to do those things. Yeah. Um, people tell you things like um, your kids will, who's going to take care of you when you're old, right? When in fact, what's going on now is that baby boomers are having to take care of their kids because of the financial crisis that happened in right. 2008 and yeah. what's going on right now. Um, you know, ten only 10% of um, nursing home people get visitors right yeah and so we're not we're not always being honest about the way that things are but then but then there's also you know what happens if your kid has special needs right yeah and your kid be the one taking care of you you'll be taking care of them for the rest of their life right so there's a lot of things that you know people just tell you the joys and they don't ask you who are you right what is it about life that you love right mm-hmm. Well, that thing that you love, you may have to give that up if you go for this. And Mm -hmm. for me, I looked at it and said, yeah, I may be the best dad in the whole wide world, but nothing's broken right now. Why fix it? You know what I mean? Why fix it? It's it's fine. So um, the expectations versus the realities, people don't talk to you about the lack of sleep. They don't talk to you about bratty kids. Uh, they don't talk to you about bratty teenagers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all know that teenagers are bratty. And we right. all know that, you know, the terrible twos are a hard time. And and then there's, like I said, you know, there are kids who just have different mentalities. And, you know, one of the chapters in my book is uh, Jeffrey Dahmer versus MLK, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it basically says, you don't know what kind of personality type you're going to end up with. Exactly. We all want MLK, but we may just get Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Right? Jeffrey Dahmer. So you don't know. 
right? And and we think that that's a that's a response to some kind of trauma or the parents didn't do something, but there is a difference between a psychopath and a sociopath, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. You just don't know, right? And yeah. most of the time, our kids turn out at least average. Right, right, right. right. Um, most people don't end up being MLK and most <laughs> people don't end up being Jeffrey Dahmer, but right. there's somewhere in the middle that most people end up being. Right. And that's the reality of it. But you have to be ready to be excited about the MLK. Right. And you got to be prepared for the Jeffrey Dahmer. Exactly. And, you know, one thing Jeffrey Dahmer said that he does not blame his parents at all for anything that he the way he ended up. He he doesn't blame it. They did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. But you also talk about the pressure, uh, the pressures that women face and feeling like they have to have kids versus you know, even men having that pressure. How would you um, explain the differences or, or in even the similarities when it comes to the pressure women have versus the pressure men have? The pressure that women have is 10 times more than the pressure that men have. Yeah. And the pressure that child-free men have is still great, right? So I can only imagine what women have to go through mm-hmm. when people think, in spite of the fact that women have progressed so much yeah. In professionalism, in travel, in academia, et cetera, et cetera. Society still reduces them to baby ovens, mm-hmm. right? And if they don't produce children, then ah, uh, you're worthless. Ah, uh, you right. know, you're not fulfilling what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. Well, we've progressed so much in our society and, and we all have different roles. And you just have to respect those roles, right? You know, um, not everybody is meant to have children. In fact, most people probably shouldn't have children. If if everybody went through a licensing program to have children, there would be a lot less children. It's very <laughs> true. Very true. Because most people yeah. are not qualified, right? Yeah. Most people are not qualified. <laughs> most people are not qualified to financially support their children, right? Emotionally support their children, right? Mm-hmm. Most people are not qualified to support their children in the education system. How many parents go to um, PTA meetings? Right. You know. Yeah. This right. So let's let's we're not being honest, right? Yeah. But we want everybody to do this, especially women. You know. Right. And I think uh, I don't think that's fair. You know, yeah. I don't think it's fair when it happens to me, but then when it happens ten times more often to women, as if that's their only purpose. Man, come on. Yeah. Come on. I totally you agree. Know? I totally come agree. On. You know, I watch uh, every morning, you don't know this, but I watch CBS mornings, right? And uh, one of the anchors on there, Tony Jacopo, he was talking about he and his wife have decided they didn't want any more kids. And so she thought it was on him because she's always in charge of contraception, excuse me. And so she said, you know, the onus always on a woman. How could you get a vasectomy? So right. he got it and he was saying how um, now he it's the fun without the risk. And right. uh, there was a comedian I saw today on another show and he was talking about, you know, not wanting to have kids and whatnot. Right. And so in your book, you talk about a vasectomy and oh, yeah. uh, the although it can be reversed, it's not easy to reverse it. No. And and you had talked about in the book about you never wanted to do something you felt was permanent, you know, to that extent. Right. Talk about right. that. 
So it was kind of like a catch-22. So I had a vasectomy, right? Mm -hmm. But then I was also, I've always been the kind of person who didn't want to do something that I couldn't get out of, right? Right. So it was like, oh man, it's not as simple as, you know, a draw two and uno to go backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was, I, I had to contemplate this deeply, but then I considered some of the situations that I've been in, in my lifetime. And it was like, oh no, I'm not going back to that. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like for men, we talk about things like father's rights, right? And we talk about some of the sad situations that fathers are involved in. Right. And for men, the best thing that you can do is take control of your own destiny. Mm -hmm. So when I considered taking control of my own destiny, when I considered um, having been at the mercy of someone who we mutually agreed to have sex in whatever fashion, right? but then they have total control over what happens after that, I was just like, no, I'd rather be the one who's in control. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather make the decisions for myself. Exactly. So what I say to men is, if you're going to have children, have as many children as you are going to have, whether that's one or two. And then afterwards, cut it. Cut it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, don't get yourself involved in more situations that you can handle, right? Don't be Nick right. Cannon. <laughs> don't be Nick Cannon. Right, don't be Elon Musk, right? Right, right. Because we always hear about the oops baby, the oops, you know. Right, oops. <laughs> let's talk about dating for you because I know in the book you talked about different women you've dated. And yeah. I believe you talked about a woman who um, she didn't want children, uh, at least initially, um, but it was more right. so until we build the life we want and then she may consider it. Do you, do you feel that that's a conversation you have up front because, you know, there are a lot of women who their goal in life is to be a mother. And so yeah. talk about having that conversation and when you would have that conversation about, well, you know, I don't want kids and I've had a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to tell you a funny story. I got okay. a buddy who um, he he's married, right? Uh -huh. He had a vasectomy after they had two kids and never told his wife. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> um, I, think, I think we're grown. Right? Yeah. We're all grown. Right. And we have to be honest with one another. Mm -hmm. okay? So when entering into, look, let, let's be real, right? As men, when we meet a woman, we never sit there and say, oh my gosh, she looks like she could be my baby's mother. Uh-huh. Right, right. That's not the first thing that comes to our mind, right? Right. You don't say, oh my goodness, she looks like she's got some incredible conversation. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Uh -huh. I'm not like yo, Steven, you see that there? She looks really intelligent. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's not something that we say, right? Um initially when we meet a woman, we're looking at, you know, things that pop out, you know, curves and all kinds mm -hmm. of things, right? right. Long hair stuff like that, right? Um, and I think initially our objective, for a lot of men anyway, is a sexual objective, mm -hmm. right? But I think what happens with us is that we we meet a woman and then we get to talking to her and we're like, oh my gosh, she's she's pretty awesome. Right, right. 
this could be my girlfriend. This could be yeah. my, my fiance, my wife, you know? And a guy like me has to say, yeah, you could be my girlfriend. You could be my fiance. You could be my wife. You could be my baby. No, no, no. Forget that. <laughs> You're not going there for <laughs> that last part. <laughs> right, so right. Because, because know, I want to make it clear. I want to make it clear. I don't want people thinking that you wanted to have a child-free life means you didn't want to get married because you met women that you thought was going to be your wife. Yeah, I've I, I met some incredible women. I've dated yeah. some incredible women. And um, I think I've always wanted to get married. My parents, you know, were married, me growing yeah. up. And that was a model for me. And But I just, the, the instinct to be a dad just yeah. wasn't, right? So as a mature adult, you put everything out on the table when you recognize that this relationship is a serious relationship. Exactly, yeah. Right? Have that conversation and have a whole bunch of other conversations about sex, about um, your relationship, your career goals, how you handle your finances. Like you have to have these real conversations, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And you talk about your parents um, being together a very long time and then your brothers, they all have kids. Uh, My brother is, yeah. Yes. So how is it in your family accepting your decision to have a child free life? So my um, I think the fact that my my brothers have kids make it easier for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> my dad's not like, oh, my gosh, I got to have grandkids. You right. Know? Right. Got, I think nine or 10 grandkids, you know. Mm -hmm. My mother, same thing. You know, she she's got grandkids. So I think right. it makes it here for me and I think my parents know my backstory to a large degree right right they know the things that I've struggled with you know coming into adulthood um mm -hmm. I'm very you know very frank about you know things that I've gone through in in my book I talk about depression mm -hmm. and anxiety that I've dealt with yeah. you know yeah. I've talked about my financial struggles mm -hmm. that I've had in my book and just finding myself and yeah. by the time I I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm really coming into myself. It, but I really enjoy me, you know? Yeah. So the fact that, you know, my brothers had kids, it definitely made it easier. And I, I also shared the story of my brother, Julian, uh, my late right. brother, Julian, who yeah. passed away in 2020. Right. And my brother's um, daughter's mother, stop letting him see his daughter in 2012 mm -hmm. right and he, he spent a hundred thousand dollars in legal fees and when right. he won the case she picked up she picked up the daughter and moved to a, a different place where he would have to start the case all over again yeah and he never saw his daughter again and he talked about her all the time we you know me and my brother traveled to china and to mm -hmm. brazil and yeah. other places right and every time he talked about his daughter and how much he missed her. And the next time his daughter saw him was at his funeral in 2020. Yeah. Eight years. Right. Eight yeah. years. She was 14. And that kind of thing plays into my mindset as well as one right. of, you know, I say 1,000 random reasons why I decided to be child-free. Mm -hmm. That's definitely uh, one of the top things. Absolutely. You know? Because looking at my parents, my parents set an example that was high. 
Mm-hmm. The bar was high. Yeah. And so if I'm going to be a parent, I'm doing all the things that they did, the PTA meetings, mm-hmm. the community board mm-hmm. meetings, volunteering, the, absolutely, all of those things that, that they did, sitting down at the table and doing homework. And I never wanted, like I said, one of my chapters is I never want to do math homework again. Right. right. Like my parents, <laughs> my parents sat at the table, you know, my mother, oh, mm-hmm. God bless her, you know, because I wasn't, right. I wasn't easy on her, you know, um, but I would want all of those things to happen because of the example that I had and living up to that would be tough. You know, a lot of parents do it halfway. I'm not yeah. a halfway guy. I'm not a halfway guy. Let me ask you, what feedback have you gotten from the uh, the readers uh, for this book? What was your feedback? I thought, look, I thought it was very, you know, it's interesting when you are, uh, you know, discussing a topic or, you know, again, I was doing research for this interview and then uh, I started seeing, like I told you, Tony DeCopo and CBS Mornings talking yeah, about his vasectomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the comedian today I saw on TV, um, he now has a daughter, but you know, I think he had a stand-up comedy show on Netflix a few years ago. And he's talking about his kids. Uh, I mean, his friends encouraged him to have kids. And he said, uh, I see your life. I don't want that. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So I think um, I think it's definitely a good conversation, um, especially for people wondering why individuals don't want to have children or why they've yeah. cho- chosen to have a child-free life. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's their decision. Like you said, it's not affecting or impacting anybody else. But you, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and so I, I thought it, I thought it was great. And I, and I loved the way you narrated it and, you know, and read it. Um, it. It was very entertaining. I caught myself laughing out loud. You know, and, it's made um, to, I wanted to, if, it, if you didn't laugh, I didn't do my job. Yeah, no, you, I definitely did. I definitely did. And um, yeah. but I thought it was great. But have you heard any other feedback from other uh, listeners? That's the and, feedback that I'm getting overwhelmingly. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's the reason why I wanted to know your opinion because yeah. that's what I'm getting. People are like, "This is hilarious." Parents love it. Uh-huh. Uh, child yeah. free people love it. You know what I mean? Because parents are looking at it like, "Yeah, my kid does that," and they're laughing about it. You know what yeah. I mean? This is not a uh, this is this is not a threatening book at all. Right. right? Like people see the title and. You know, if you don't read the book, you, oh, he hates kids, right? And it's not an anti-kid book, right? No, it's not an anti-kid book. It's it's a fun read, right? Or, and it's a fun audio book to listen to. And and that was my objective. My objective was to make this enjoyable, but also make it so that people think about Mm -hmm. these topics in a a serious kind of way. Yeah. And then bridge the gap to say, yeah. I respect people who don't have kids. I, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, right. I get it. You may not agree with everything that I say in there, but right. you'll agree with enough of it to say, yeah, he makes some good points. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you want the listener or reader to take away after they read this book? Like, what's the, what's the ultimate, like, thing you want them to take away? There's a couple of things that I want you to take away. I want people to respect other people's choices in a broad sense, right? Absolutely. So whether it's to, you know, be child-free or whatever life choices that people um, make, sit down and talk to them and try to understand what those choices right. are. And never pressure people into doing what you do. 
because the worst thing that you can do is tell someone that they should be a parent and then they they take your advice right Mm -hmm. and they're a parent and they're like oh man you were wrong absolutely then who suffers both parents and most of all the kid so you got to be thoughtful about that the other thing is i want people to be um realistic and understanding the challenges that parents go through right right because because it's a tough job right yeah absolutely it's it's not for everybody and you have to understand not every kid is going to turn out with a 130 IQ, mm-hmm. magna cum laude in yeah. the best school, right? Um, with the best job, right? Uh, we don't always get, you know, um, the Barack Obamas or mm-hmm. the Winston Churchills or whoever yeah. you have, right? We don't always right. get those people, right? Absolutely. Sometimes, um, we end up with um what's that character J- dave Chappelle used to play he was a crackhead <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly yes yes that's real that's real yeah yeah sometimes you end up with with the crackhead right uh-huh. stealing out of your purse you right know what i mean right so yeah. let's have those honest conversations right mm. uh about you know the crackhead who ends up stealing out your purse. But, <laughs> right. <Absolutely. laughs> well, I know I've, I've seen the book on Amazon. Where else can they get the book? Because I think you have a website. Is that correct? I do have a website, um, but the website is actually where I sell my merch. So okay. the website is childfreeandhavingfun.com. Okay. And to get the book on Amazon is really easy. I have a copy yeah. of the book. Yeah. To get the book. Yeah. Um, it's um the book is called forget having kids i'm having fun and the url is childfreebook.com childfreebook.com and i promise you you'll enjoy this book whether you get an audio whether you get a um, paperback or you get the ebook you're just you're gonna enjoy it absolutely just don't listen to it around your kids no you said this is for everyone but kids. <laughs> but Everybody kids. but kids. You know what? The kids looking at the title be like, mommy, you trying to get rid of me? Right. Daddy. Right. You know, exactly. Trying to tell me something? <laughs> right, right. What's really good? Right. <laughs> well, listen, I thanks God to Dave Reed for joining us tonight. And for information on his book, Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun, please visit our website, thestephenisshow.com, and we will be right back after this. Just 
Sounds so wonderful. Only thing I need, 
Welcome back to the Steve and I show. Adam, how's it going? Happy holidays. Last show of the season. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, Steven. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it. 2022 has really flown by. Yes, yes. And just imagine the beginning of the year. Didn't we do the 10th anniversary chats yeah. and everything? And Yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy. That's and we're crazy. in the books, but it feels good. What do you have uh, planned? What do you and Abby have planned for the holidays? Uh, so actually, we leave to Thailand tomorrow. Okay. And uh, we are going to a wedding for a friend there. So we'll be there for a little bit. And then we're going to uh, South Korea for a little bit. And then we'll be in Atlanta for a few days. Uh, so oh. I'll let you know. Uh, you? And then <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, then back in D.C. So, yeah, yeah, pretty busy, pretty busy December. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm just I'm going home to Virginia. But it was funny, Chike. So I was telling you I had my party over the weekend. <laughs> so Adam comments on there. Thanks for the invite! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Yeah, I mean, I I know I'm out of town, but you know, it's that's why because you're in DC. Still appreciative, you know. I, I you know I could have made I could have booked some flights. Yeah, Taiwan, Korea. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I see. I see how it goes. I got you next year. I got you next year. <laughs> well, I'll let y'all get into movie reviews. Sure thing. So I saw Pinocchio, which is the second Pinocchio movie I've seen this year, but this is the Guillermo del Toro stop motion animated feature that came out about a month ago on stream uh, on theaters and then uh, it's on streaming now uh, by Netflix. And this movie follows the story of, uh, you know, we all know Pinocchio, Geppetto, and Geppetto 
it's a little more darker. It's a little more intense. Uh, and I won't spoil too much, but Geppetto has a real son and his son dies. And so over the years after mourning, Geppetto decides to make a wooden puppet. And this is where Pinocchio is born. And it's kind of the Pinocchio story, you know, where he's going to school and learning things. But Guillermo del Toro gives it that twist. And if anyone remembers Pan's Labyrinth, uh, shape of water there's always a little bit of that kind of uh fun fantasy element to his films and in this one it's uh got a lot of fun characters but it also takes place in the backdrop of 1930s italy so we're under a fascist regime in italy at the time it's mussolini's in, in the film at one scene and so it gives a little bit of that twist instead of the usual adventures that Pinocchio goes on, especially to Pleasure Island. That's not in this movie. This is all going to be a little bit of a different spin on it. But overall, it's good. It is it is animated, stop motion. I wouldn't call it quite a kid's movie because there are some dark themes and elements in it. But it does have that feel to it. And the world he builds is very nice and entertaining and if you have Netflix and you're looking for something fun and different, definitely check this one out. Again, it's not for everyone. You, I will also say, you know, if you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro's movies, you'll like this. If you're not, if you didn't really get into Pan's Labyrinth or anything like that, this might not be for you. But otherwise, uh, highly recommend. Uh, great cast as well. Ewan McGregor plays the cricket. David Bradley from uh, Game of Thrones and... Uh, Harry Potter fame plays Geppetto and there's really just a good cast involved in with this. Ooh. Is that, is that the only thing you saw? Yeah, that's the only thing I had a chance to see. Uh, you know, as I mentioned last week, we'd moved. So we're still in the process of moving and lots of boxes to still unpack. I hear you. Uh, so the first thing that I saw was a um, docu-series on Netflix called Killer Sally. And Killer Sally is about uh, the former professional bodybuilder, Sally McNeil. And she actually uh, gets convicted of murder for killing her husband, Ray McNeil. Both of them were bodybuilders. Both of them competed and um, living in the same house with two children. And both of them are taking steroids. And someone's not being faithful in the marriage. I don't want to tell you too much of the story, but it was a very good documentary and they follow uh, what life is like for the life of a bodybuilder and what that means to them professionally. And they talk about their finances and they talk about some of the things that professional bodybuilders have to go through in order to make a living, a decent living and how that weighed in on their marriage. It was really, really interesting and it opened my eyes to some of the world of bodybuilding. Uh, when I was younger and I first got into working out, I used to really be into bodybuilding. I, I used to follow it back when um, Arnold and Lou uh, uh, um, uh, Ferrigno used to compete, mm -hmm. uh, but um, many, 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 many years ago. But uh, I've since jumped off of it, but I didn't know these things. So it was really eye-opening to find out like some of the stuff that they would go through just to compete and how uh, you can develop an addiction to steroids. Pretty interesting. So it was a good documentary. Check it out. Uh, it's on Netflix. The next uh, Netflix film I saw was called Emily the Criminal. I will give this movie five stars. This movie was so good in the sense that 
it, the character's name Emily, they put her in a space where you related to her pain of her financial woes. She owed uh, student loan debt that she was over her head with. And because of her past, she had some blemishes on her record that impeded her from getting a well-paying job. So she basically was a cater waiter trying to pay off her student debt and she just couldn't get catch, she couldn't get ahead. I think there was a scene where she makes a payment and there's a substantial payment and she called to see like what her new balance was. And they told her what the balance was and she questioned because she said, you know, I just paid this amount. And they said, oh, that was just the interest. So you just paid that payment that you made was just to the interest. It didn't touch the actual amount owed. So you got to see her woes and how much she tried was how much she failed. And then someone steps into her life and gives her this opportunity um, on the illegal side of things. And she becomes really addicted to it and how it starts to infiltrate her life. It's pretty interesting. And, and I'm, I'm pushed to believe they didn't market it this way, but I'm pushed to believe that it was probably based off of a true story to some degree. Mm. Yeah, because it's, it's really intense and it's really good. And I'm starting to like the actress that plays her. Her name is Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. And she's also in this show that I watch on HBO called the, the White Lotus Hotel. I think it's called, yeah, the White Lotus Hotel. And she's really good in that as well. And uh, just check it out. It's pretty good. It's on Netflix. And so the final film that I saw was Will Smith's Emancipation, directed by Antoine Fuqua. Um, so this was the film that was going to be uh, I guess the the conversation piece after the slap from the Oscars. This is what they were doing all of the um, the PR for and the damage control to make sure that this film didn't really, because I think it was supposed to be out earlier and it kind of pushed it back because of the whole drama mm. around the slap. And um, I think Antoine Fuqua made a statement about this film is more important than the slap. Well, um, some people are saying that they did they weren't interested in seeing another slave film. And I understand that and I get that. Um, I think that if this film had came out when it was supposed to come out and the slap didn't happen, it probably would have had a better reception. I'm not saying that it's having a bad reception, but I just think that the circumstances surrounding the film, the subject matter of the film, it kind of fell into what we as a country was going on, you know, at that time with the whole racism stuff. It would have fit in perfectly and would have had a better reception than now. Uh, Will Smith is acting, his acting is pretty good, but um, me personally, it didn't really move me, not really. I didn't, I'll say this, the feelings and the emotions that came over me for 12 Years a Slave, I did not have for this film. And, you know, all the racism and the whipping and the injustice and the mistreatment, it didn't hit me the same way. I don't, I, I can't explain why, but the film didn't hit me the same way. And the film is not in uh, technicolor. It's not color. It is, uh, um, I don't even know what to call it because it's black and white for the most part, but it has like uh, minuscule pieces of color in it. Hmm. And they're using color as uh, like another character. 
because you're not getting full on Technicolor. It's like hues. So it's almost shot in like a black and white, soft brown, but you get like leaves, you get your greens and you get your reds. It's interesting. I thought it was an artistic art, artistic choice. Um, I haven't seen anything like that. It was That was new. But um, could I have seen it on TV, on a streaming service? Yes, I could have. Didn't necessarily need to see it in a theater. I don't know. I don't know that any. Did you see it, Stephen? No, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, uh-uh. because I saw it was okay. on Apple on TV, and I don't have that right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, w- I was going to ask if either of you saw it and seen if uh, that whole slap thing. I know it hasn't been getting good reviews, and I've no. I don't know if either of y'all are on Reddit, but it's been advertised like every other ad is for emancipation online so they are promoting it a lot but uh yeah i've heard heard mixed reviews and and what's so ironic is i just watched an interview with will and oprah this is when he was promoting his book but i just watched the interview recently and he was talking about his uh desire and his addiction for success so he he was uh so focused on each film and the fact that he wanted to when it each one that came after the other to be greater like he wanted to be number one all the time and he became addicted to that and um how he had to work out of that for the sake of his own mental well-being and i wonder if he has a film that doesn't do well which probably would be um maybe an anomaly because his films normally do well. They may not do better than some others, but you know, this film in particular, because it's tied into so much in his life right now, it comes after a major event that happened. If it doesn't do well, I wonder if he's going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, he did. So I don't know. He's done a lot of stinkers in the past like decade. I feel like the ones he done with his son, where's the one where like his son after earth or something like that. Yeah. But he didn't do it after a slap at the Oscars. Well, no, (laughs) but if he's addicted to success, then, and then what's the one where he plays the clone? He's a clone of himself, Gemini, something like that. That one was kind of a stinker too. That was good though. Ah, well, Stephen, you think everything's good, but oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he's done a few stinkers. Wild Wild West was a stinker, like yeah. so. He's got a. I mean, I, I understand his interview, but I think he's giving himself a little more credit than than he deserves. Yeah, and, and I think from the from the texture of this film, I think that this film was probably anticipated to be something to submit to the oscars oh yeah but you know that's that's totally out anyway that's totally out anyway but mm-hmm. um you just can't go he's not gonna I win but I yeah think, i don't even think that it, it would be um received i don't think they would receive it it would mm. be too controversial for the oscars to even receive it mm. yeah and i mean he's you know he's done ali which was his Oscar like worthy film? Was this was he even at the same level in this movie as something like that? So okay, so me personally, I don't like, and this this is based off of a true story. There's this. Uh, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've all seen the photo. Um, yeah. What's it called? Whipped whipped Peter, the the with the slave, and they have the picture of his back with all the the mm-hmm. uh, marks. It's based off of that slave, right? Me personally, I don't 
I don't really care for Will playing other characters that are that have lived. You know, I don't like him playing uh, biological, you know, real biographic. You know, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like for him to create characters. I like him funny. I like him to to play, um, especially in the scientific science fiction era, arena. I like him better in that aspect. You know, his action films. They are better to me. Not that this film didn't have action. Do you know who was good in this film? Ben Foster. Ben Foster was excellent in this film. And I'm not saying that Will did not act. He acted his ass off, but I just I just wasn't I wasn't buying it. Sorry, yeah. Will. Well, you and the critics agree, so I just didn't see it. It just wasn't there for me. I've seen him do a lot better. The pursuit of happiness. Oh yeah, exactly. These are oh, yeah, he's yeah. done great roles, so yeah. Yeah. Watch out. Y'all be slapped next. Keep talking junk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to answer my door anytime soon. (laughs) Hello? No. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, lastly, I don't don't have any details about it because I actually just started watching it today. And it's been on Netflix for a while, but this uh, animated series called Intergalactic, it's pretty Mm -hmm. decent. It's, um, so far, Kenya Barris is one of the creators. Um, so far, it's it's been pretty good. So, nice. I have nothing. I've been watching Christmas movies. Any um, other any other good Christmas movies? They're all the same. I mean, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll take it back. There is one. Um, I saw it yesterday on Netflix, and it's uh the guy from Insecure. Um, someone what happened was so I have a friend of mine who loves Christmas movies as well, and I bumped into him at the party. And I said, I've been watching Christmas. He said, Me too. He said, Did you see the one with uh, with um, I can't think of his name. Uh, hold on, give me a quick second. But the movie was it was pretty good, it was pretty, it wasn't like uh, the same old you know, go to small town kind of situation, it's more of um. So his character and there's this baker. She's a woman. She owns like a bakery, and um, I say okay. Anyway, so she's sounds like those are the main characters, but they're both dating others, right? And so they happened. Um, the 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 uh, guy she was dating and he, him, they both go to Tiffany's. Somehow he bumps into him. He falls. They oh, switch. Okay. They switch jewelry, not knowing, and they take it on to their significant, their significant others. Uh, the insecure character, he is planning to propose to his um, his girlfriend. The other guy was just buying his girlfriend some earrings, but because when they presented the gifts to their significant others, the one girl was like, "You want to marry me?" She was kind of shocked, and then he saw he was like, "What is she so shocked at?" And he saw the ring and he was like, yeah, I do want to marry her. You know, maybe this is what I needed. And so it goes down this whole rabbit hill. They end up meeting um, the insecure character and the woman they meet somehow and it becomes this whole thing. But it, it turns out actually really good. Like, so it's not you're, what- talking, you're talking about something from Tiffany's, right? Something from Tiffany's. And the gentleman's name is Derek Sampson. We may have Derek Sampson on the show come next year. You might well get his name together. <laughs> yeah, well, if I have the information, I will. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, 
No, but but it was really good and it was interesting to see him a different character than what we see on Insecure. But um, but yeah, it was a good. It, that was a really actually good Christmas movie. And I'm not for Christmas movies that are two hours long. Yeah, you guys see ninety minutes. I'll watch it. You know if it's if it looks good. But um, that was actually a good one. That caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting. So that. since we're talking about Christmas movies, I want to plug my friend's movie, Miss Tiffany Yancey. She wrote a movie. It's called Holiday Heartbreak. It's playing probably on Tubi or BET, probably okay. BET R or Plus, one of them. But check it out. It's called Holiday Heartbreak. Okay, definitely will. Definitely will. It was funny because I was watching another movie last night, and a friend called. You watch another Christmas? I said it's not a Christmas movie. This is a murder. <laughs> What a Christmas murder was, I know it's just a <laughs> Good, good. There's nothing to a Christmas. Anything coming out of the pipeline that you're excited about? Uh, I do want to see Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. Mm. I, I know it was in theaters for a brief moment. They pulled in. Now it's going to come back around Christmas. That's the big thing for me. Uh, again, not that excited about Avatar 2, so probably going to wait on that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything in my sights right now. Not right now. Well, I'll be watching I Want to Dance with Somebody, uh, the biopic with Houston that comes out uh, the 23rd of December. I want to see that one. Because, you know, there have been so many documentaries and TV uh, projects, but this is the one that the family's behind. And so I'll be curious to see. They said it tells, I saw an interview with Clive Davis, he was saying that people knew, they've seen the tabloids and everything. This shows the full totality of who she was, but mm-hmm. really celebrates her talent. And okay. so the, the woman who plays her, she was saying how she's been sitting with this movie for two years between when she got booked and the research and everything. To, uh, her name is Naomi. Um, um, to actually now the movie's being released. And um, she was saying that she had to learn, because she she's British. She had to learn Whitney Houston. She said she knew, she knew the music. Um, she said she first remember seeing her when she was like six. She saw her when she did the TV movie um, Cinderella for Brandy. And uh, she said, I always heard her music, but that's why I remember seeing her at that young age. And so it's got a full circle for her. So I've seen a lot of clips. They have a lot of trailers, a lot of little things they're promoting with. So I'm curious to see how they do with it. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I do want to see uh, uh, actually two things. I think I mentioned it last week. I want to see the best man the the um that final chapter yeah and i want to see um it's i can't think of the name of it but it stars harrison ford and helen mirren and it's basically the prequel to the yellowstone series which kevin costner um stars and he created i'm really really interested in that because yellowstone is like the best show on television right now i saw andor man i haven't seen yellowstone but Everyone says Yellowstone is like Yeah, I just I don't know if I'm into those soap operas. But Yellowstone is that work. It's 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 the new dynasty without all the yeah, and is that a the good glamorous thing? fanfare? It doesn't have all that. It's more greedy. Uh, it's greedy. You know, I, 1882 sounded interesting, and the one you're talking about, 1932, sounds interesting. Yeah. A little more, less like soap opera, but we'll see. Yeah, there's also a movie coming out with um, Eddie Murphy and uh, Neil Long, and what's the comedian? Uh, I saw it. I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no surprise, you are uh, Adam. <laughs> yeah. What else is new? Uh, he's hilarious, though. What's his name? 
I think I saw what you saw, Stephen. What came to my mind? Uh, Joe, was, Joe to Hill. Joe to Hill. Was there you uh, people or Candy Cane Lane triplets? It's called um, You People. Yeah. Yeah. Comes out next year, but uh, that it comes out uh, on the twenty seventh of January. That one it looked funny from the trailer, but people are because um, King and Boris uh, Barris, he's the um, direct the director of this, and I've saw a lot of feedback because it seems like a lot of his projects are saying are about mixed couple interrac- inter interracial relationships. And but he saying, writes about what he knows. That's right. I mean, but they're saying they they say he has a complex about it. And so that's he wants to push it on everyone else. I don't see the big deal. I think he does great work. But um, I mean, if if you had someone who was writing who happened to be gay and they were writing films about homosexuality, would you say right. something about that? He's yeah. in a mixed marriage. I mean, <laughs> you know, social media. That's what I'm saying. I was like, there, I was like, uh, when the trail the trailer came out the next day, social media re- uh, reacts to, you know, his new movie, and of course they had something to say, but. I don't uh, what's shocking to me is there's another Beverly Hill Cops movie too. Uh, about the Beverly Hills Cop movie coming out. Yeah, next year also. Uh, yeah, uh, Foley, so. Can, uh, yeah, he. Um, Everything's coming back, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I think it would be a success. I think it would be a hit just simply because we already can relate to the characters. It's something already established, but it's new. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, y'all. Happy holidays to you. And uh, I'll see you in 2023. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right. Right back after this.
don't stop but just look at me And tell me you understand this moment is just us Believe you me Your secrets are safe with me The more free you are right now The more I can go Steve and I show Aaron Cosby. How you feeling? I'm feeling all right, man. What about you? I can't complain. Can't complain. Good. 13 days Christmas. You ready? That's, yeah, yeah, man. Count, count, count down to Christmas, yes. man. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. You? Yeah. I'm excited for it too. Yeah, my okay. favorite time of year. So you know. Okay. Good. Good. Are you? Are you going with? Are you going to be spending time with with family? Or? Yeah, I'll see them this weekend, actually. I'll see my family okay. this weekend. All right, mm-hmm. nice. yeah. All right cool. All right, sports, come on. What's going on in the wonderful world of sports? <sighs> Brother, so talking about my squad, yes, sir. They pulled out another W. Ravens. Close. We got it. 16-14 over the Steelers, yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Our quarterback is hurt. Our second-string quarterback, who stepped in <laughs> to start, Tyler Hundley, he hurt. The third string came in. Yeah, he was back. You know, he was backing up the backups and everything, and he's now um, he he actually played very very well. And I don't know if he's going to start this next game or if Huntley's going to come back or if Lamar's going to be back. More than likely. Lamar will not be back for the um, upcoming game. So yeah. uh, hopefully Hunt, Huntley will be ready to go and uh, we just keep it moving. We, we're uh, playing the um, Falcons. So. No, okay. no, no. We're, we're playing Cleveland. 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 And then the Falcons is the next game after that. So um, yeah. So keeping it moving. Keeping it moving. Yo. The Detroit Lions, I have to give a shout out to the D- 
Detroit Lions, man, they have been playing very well as of late. Um, they beat the um, Vikings, Minnesota, who's playing lights out this season. Okay. So, yeah. 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 So shout out to the Vikings. I mean, to the Lions. Yeah, they beat him um, uh, 34-23. You got to yeah. talk about Brittany uh, Griner. What do you what do you thoughts? Oh, of course. Of course. Return. Of course, man. Um again, this um this this hits close to home. Um Brittany, I'm happy that you that you are home. Sherelle, girl, I know you are just so happy to have artist home. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 happy for both of them. So, so happy. But yeah, Brittany's home. Good, good. Very good. Yeah. President Biden, everybody there at the White House and everything, you know, job well done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're working on, they've been working on the other um, uh, 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 people that- Mr. President Paul. Yeah, Paul yeah. Willen, if I'm not Willen, mistaken. Willen, yeah. Willen, yeah, Willen. Yeah. They're working on him. They said they, but they said that this case with Brittany actually brings spotlight to him because a lot of people didn't even know who he was or what was going on with his story. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So yeah. Such a high profile name was in yes. captivity. And Sherelle actually mentioned that in her her yeah. speech. That, that yeah, that that they are going to now focus on helping to um bring him home. So yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Anything else in sports? That's pretty light, man. You know, yeah, it is. It is. Light, Listen, light. happy holidays to you. I'll see you. I'll probably talk to you before then, but on the okay. show, we'll see you be, uh, in 2023. All right, brother. Thank you. I have a good Hold on, hold on. Let me tell everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Happy holidays, everybody. Yes, 2023, January. Absolutely. All right, Iran. We'll be right back after this. Stop it. 
complain cause I'm a freak But you still proceed trying to kiss on me But baby I ain't got these lips for nothing So they come get them and stop fronting Yeah baby that's my shit yeah. Ain't nobody else gonna be hitting it like that I put it down like this Back to the Stephen Knight Show. Now it's time to highlight our Black-owned business. It's Post 21. Now it was created by a mother-daughter duo uh, for uh, who for years wanted a comprehensive marketplace that focused on modern design uh, forward products from Black-owned businesses. So this is really a marketplace for Black-owned businesses. It's Post 21. There's a link in the bio of this video. I uh, just want to thank you for joining us tonight. Shout out to Dane Reed for joining us. Don't forget his book, Forget having kids. I'm having fun. It's available wherever you buy your books. And we want to wish you a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you again in 2023. God bless. Good night.